What's up, everybody? Schmitty here with another episode of Talking Schmidt. Today on the program, we do have Chris Russell. Hyped to bring you his first ever podcast. We're going to talk jiu-jitsu, creature, his current mindset, all that. But before we start, I want to give a shout out to our new advertiser. John Joseph Van Landingham of Southern Georgia, who has been skating since 1986 and blowing glass since 96. His glass is homemade in the USA, and you can find out more info from him on his Instagram or his Facebook. Someday he may even have one of them OG websites to peep. Anyway, I'm super hyped. He reached out to me. Um and stoked to get someone who's down for the cause. So with that, John Joseph Van Landingham, keep it going. And like Albino says, provoke the stoke. Provoking the stoke. And now, a first impression from Screaming Lord Salva. Yeah, Chris Russell. Combi pool at the OC block. 12, 13 years old, real long hair, snaking everybody ever left and right. And me and Grasso would give him shit and tell him to cut his hair, especially me, cut your hair, you little fucking hippie. Then he'd tell me to take off my gay ass earrings. <laughs> so that's why I used to like Russell originally, because he would stick up for himself and give me shit back. I thought that was fucking cool. Chris Russell was the guitar. Could he be a Telecaster? Nah, I think he'd be a BC Rich Warlock. Full metal Narnar guitar, right? Or would you be down in the swamps of Florida, Swamp Fest, pulling off all your Chris Russell radness and madness? Yeah, Chris Russell, I love you, you little fucker. You rule. You're a badass motherfucker. I love your style. I love your aggression. And, uh, I'm just a cool kid, dude. Stoked in your jujitsu action. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep ripping. I love you, dude. Cut that fucking hair. <laughs> Mud wizard. Mud wizard. Mud wizard. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden, and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, big dog's in. What do you think, Dolan? Beyond? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? I'm here for Yay! <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi check one. Wi-Fi check two. My next guest is Gunnar, and the G is not silent because nothing this guy does is silent. Everything's loud and fast and fucking gnarly. 
guess what? We got Chris Russell today on the program. How are you, Chris? Me too. Woo! We win. What we usually do is we go way back in time and kind of get a little history and then work our way up to the present. Um, You grew up kind of on the beach vibes, right? So skateboarding was kind of like just obvious or what? Yeah, I mean, we always had a board in the uh, in the house. So we grew up in Hermosa Beach and my dad never really like or my mom, my family never really pushed it on me too much. But, you know, like the boardwalk, like the strand and the pier surfing and kind of being in the ocean like we always kind of pushed around and stuff and then not until we actually did like our first oh well let's um, let me go back a little bit actually um skating like a little bit of parks here and there like just like locally like little hermosa beach skate park Mm. and stuff it's nothing special it's like a few like quarter pipes pyramids some boxes you know but enough to like get me hyped and stuff on skating and i didn't really know what else was out there until we uh we did our first trip up to like pacific northwest which was like super mind-boggling like eye-opening for me that was was with the family that was with the fam and my uncle always skated like he skated del mar back in the day and like um so he always really loved skating and uh, i remember like the first park we went to arlington skate park up in uh washington between all like the camping and everything and i was like we met gravette that was it. I know it's so funny because like watching like the first creature or one of the first creature videos, like that's like also is like, Oh, that's the park. Like that's the park. And uh-huh. um, it's really funny. Like that's where it all sparked for me. Like it was like, that was like, what? Like this is the stuff that's out there to go skate and everything. And like, it blew me away. So I like caught the bug from then on and just like kept bothering my parents to take me to skate parks and they were riding up the, support and like spend a ton of time you know uh taking these places so with the older influences did you were you privy to the mag and the videos and stuff or did that not come till later no yeah like i like did you know there are some rad dudes and like you had inspo like is mike frazier already in your mind like what's going yeah like it was funny because when i started going to skating like combi pool super consistently i mean grasso was there talking shit to me like from day one so like i kind of got my history lessons like served to me like face to face and i was like who are all these people and then started doing like my backgrounds and like lester kasai christian uh christian soy and like just all these people and then just like todd conjolier being from my hometown oh. and uh mike smith and stuff popping his he- head out like here and there like mike like taught me how to like backside rock and roll so Oh, it was sick. like pretty funny. Yeah. So like that was kind of like I always grew up with the older heads and stuff. And like weirdly enough, like my mom, my dad growing up in uh in the South Bay, I mean, the skate scene was always like they were never like super involved with that. They always kind of knew those people. So it was like it felt pretty natural moving forward, kind of being buddies with a lot of the older dudes and like being kind of accepted, even though I was a super annoying little shithead, like <laughs> I was like totally learned uh, etiquette at like a really young age because I kind of had to if I wanted to keep skating with all these dudes, you know. So, and I think I didn't give them a choice too. I kept showing up, you know. 
Like you have a really bad reputation as a youngster. Um, were you aware of it at the time or like, and, and when did it click to you that you had to not be that kid anymore? Man. Uh, yeah. Was I it because like, Grosso was... and Salva and those guys were just like on you or like what? They were on me. They were so on me. Like Grosso <laughs> hated me as a kid. <laughs> and like so funny, like looking back, like I was so stubborn and I was like so eager for these dudes to like respect me and stuff. And like, I want to just like keep skating and like in a reluctant way, it probably didn't click quite as like fast as it should have, mm. you know, but I think there's like some times where I'm like, where Hewitt was like kind of laid into me and like, he like, and I was just like, okay, it started to like click a little bit more <laughs> as I got older. I think I got, you know, there was a time where I got clotheslined at a skate park by an older dude. I won't name his name, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't name any names. But I was like a child, you know, and like, you know, those things start to happen like over <laughs> like a few times and you're like, okay, it maybe I should check myself, you know, but like when you're a little kid, you're like so hyped and like, it's so hard to see past that, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty funny, but like it starts to click, and then you know it was you know, like the nickname started becoming less uh less abrasive, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm starting getting into into queer waters here. So, do you ever like think I was tripping on this because I'm thinking about this today, and I'm like, I wonder if did you ever like go up to like a kid like Asher Bradshaw or something and go like, dude, I was there once too. Let, let me just explain something to you. You don't want to be this. No. Kid. Oh, like when you oh see the younger kids acting like that now. A bit, yeah. Like I, I think I'm really nice about it. You know, huh? like I'm pretty nice about it. Like obviously, like I, I think also like maybe because I felt that animosity as a kid. Like, and it felt so shitty that, like, maybe I just tweaked it a little bit, you know? And, like, for me, I'm just, like, I just, I'm a little bit, like, I'm super upfront about telling people what's up. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, if you talk to people pretty, even kids, like, level-headedly and, like, don't lay into too hard, like, they kind of listen. So, I don't know. But I never, like, felt like it was too of my place either. Like, there was enough shit talking, obviously. We mm-hmm. did. Like, it wasn't too nice. I think that Asher Bradshaw kid's dad, like, tried fighting, like, a few people, you know, from, like... He got kind banned of a... from the combi, from what I hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I that love it, was, man. I dude, love it. It's so funny, man, right? It's so crazy hearing those stories, and it's so funny. That, like, the that, the block has so much history, and so right. it's rad skating like it like really that place molded me in a lot of ways you know yeah i was gonna say is that kind of where you like if you look back at like all your transition skating is the combi like a huge part of that is the is that place where yeah. you learned a lot of stuff yeah it was it was purely the combi at first you know like i for some reason was really just like attracted to concrete skating i don't know mm-hmm. and like it was so gnarly like i remember like I think my, my first legit concussion of like knocking myself out was when it was white and like everybody knows when that thing was like before it got its facelift like years later when it was white it was so gnarly and slick bubbly and everything so I really liked that how 
savage it felt skating that thing from the very beginning. And then they had the vert ramp there for for some years, and it kind of sucks because I feel like just as I was starting to make some leaps vert skating, they took it out. I think when I was like, gosh, it must have been like 13, maybe 12 was when they took it out. Wow. But it was cool. Like even the vert ramp at Vans had like a rad scene. You know, you'd see Sandro and like uh, Lincoln Ueda blasting on that thing. But sadly, like before, I was always hugging the combi uh-huh. religiously. And then I would like kind of go over there because it's so much different, you know? Yeah. And I just like, as soon as I started kind of like making a little bit of like head headwind on that, I, it, they took it out and they put a mini ramp in, which was cool. And then they gave the combi a facelift, I think, like two years later. Who are the kids like in your age group? That, like, do you have a crew that you're skating with or are you more like solitary and you're like meeting up with the older guys or what? what's going on? Um, I think, I mean, uh, you know who I still skate with to this day from back then is like Archer Braun. And like Archer's oh. like turned into like such a rad, amazing skater. You know, I mean, he was back then too. Yeah. But like he's so unique and so so sick and so brings a lot of hype whenever we skate together so like sure. archer was one of the, archer was one of the dudes i skated with a lot back in the day even pedro like pedro barros we're only like it's funny he might look a little bit older but i think he's like a year younger than me or oh, wow. he might be a year older i can't remember me and pedro though like go way back skating the combi and stuff before he could even like fully speak english i'm sure i'm forgetting a slurry of people right now Mm-hmm. But a lot of people like dropped off, you know, like I mean, there's some people got arrested, some people <laughs> got into pretty heavy drug addictions, you know, like it was a, it was a funny time. I mean, it's also that time when you're a kid and like your interest can go so many different ways for the most part. I mean, there's a, like a lot of people, yeah, like Archer, awesome pointer was a really, really rad skater. He's still a super rad skater and still blast you know Heck i remember always fly. skating with him yeah always yeah super like 10 foot backsiders um even current i would see current around super young fetus he was always super tiny and like blasting with no pads patrick ryan was also a van's baby no oh, yeah um yeah i mean there's a lot there's so many people that came through that place you so know? did you get hooked up with vans pretty early I did. I think I was, you know, I always rode Vans forever. I mean, I didn't ride any other shoe. I think, like, I really started getting shoes when I was, like, about, like, 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. You know, all chapters closed. You know, I haven't been riding for Vans probably the last two years now. Oh. So, yeah. So, it's kind of a, it's a shame because, like, I mean, I I love that company through and through. But, uh yeah, I don't know. Ever since COVID, it kind of all switched up. You know, I feel like they kind of ditched a lot of their transition dudes and uh, they kind of like flipped a little bit on how they wanted to structure the team, you know, and they didn't wow. they stop the park series. So I was like, sounds like they got rid of like a lot of people over there, like not even mm-hmm. just on the skating side, you know, so. Yeah, I saw yeah. lots of cutbacks. Justin Regan, a bunch of dudes are gone. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, I mean, sucks. that the in ho- general, it sucks. Yeah, dude, it sucks because, like, I feel like skating's in a really weird place right now where there's, like, not a lot of representation, like, for skaters, you know? <laughs> like, I feel like it's, like, weird. Like, there's so many rad skaters right now, and, like, I feel like there's a lot of expectation for people to just kind of, like, do shit for free and, like, break their bodies, like, as hard as they can without, like, you know, 
kind of being compensated for, which sucks, you know, but that's a little off topic. But I mean, I used to, I mean, mad love for Vans. They, they kept me afloat for a really long time and they, uh, yeah, the park series were awesome. That was a really cool opportunity to be able to do that for a few years. It'd be cool to see something else pop up, but I feel like that's like always kind of been contests, you know, you get something that's kind of cool, like coastal carnage or something and it's around for a little bit. And then, like, you don't have contests for, like, five years, you know, like, or whatever it is. Yeah, we could get into it a little later, but my theory is everybody jumped on the Olympics bandwagon. And then once the Olympics came, it was like, we don't need this anymore, maybe. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it seemed like that to me. Like, everyone was gung-ho. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Olympics are done. And that was kind of a shambles with the COVID and everything, no crowd or anything. It was so surreal. It's crazy, right? And then yeah. like all these corporate people kind of got involved in skating. The skateboarding doesn't even speak for itself anymore. You see people who are making a ton of money off skating who like barely skate. And Models. it's like really weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with like modeling on the side and stuff and being that, but like, it should always be like skate forward first. Yeah. And then like, you know, if that gets you modeling gigs, cool, you know, but like, I think there needs to be like a balance. Like it need the skating needs to speak for itself, you know. But like you want to be a model, you better rip, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being being pretty yeah. and talented on a skateboard, but like it better like better yeah. transcend, you know. I think it's just really, really weird. Like you saw the Olympics dump all this money into skating. It's like goes one way. It's like, oh yeah, cool. Like are actually the people who are contributing to like the progression and like contributing to like the radness of the culture mm. getting paid and it's like no nah, not really you're like seeing a bunch of people who kind of half-ass this shit it's super weird honestly it's like i've talked to it with like several people and you know it's kind of sad man it it, it leaves a lot of it makes people lose faith you know <laughs> a little bit yeah it's fucked um what was your first invert uh was it a, i think it was a good buddy Really? I think it was a good buddy. Was it uh, was like, I Peter Hewitt inspired or how, what What was the deal? I think it was Rayborn. I saw do it first and I was like, I'm going to try that. Oh. I think, a, oh, you know what? No, I'm lying. The front invert was the first one I learned. Frontside invert? Frontside invert was the first one because of Hewitt and because of Tony T. And where'd you and do it? I remember like, just like throwing my body, like, just like, like watching like Tony T like parts and stuff and seeing how he'd like front invert and watching like Pete do front inverts. And I was like, just like hucking it on like a vert ramp and like not even grabbing the coping and like fully falling on my head and stuff. And then I can't remember the first time I may have done one may have been at like the Dan's mini ramp or something like, cause they had like a cool, like nine foot extension with pool coping. I was like my spot to learn everything. Like I was like, Oh, I want to learn something. That's a good little, it was like forgiving because it was wood. You know, you didn't slam quite as hard as all birch and stuff. So I think the front ember, it was the front ember was the first one. Then good buddy. Okay. Then I learned how to regular invert. Then I learned how to eggplant. I think. Damn, frontside invert's not the one to learn first. That's hard. That's weird, right? I yeah. think but you're, because, you've got those, so it makes sense. I yeah. guess you've been doing them. I think because uh, I was such a frontside error child. So frontside's been kind of more your go-to than backside? Always, always, uh -huh. yeah. 
I've always okay. been a frontside dominate, dominant skater. Yeah. So it's always been easier for me to like huck anything that way, even if it's blind. So how long did you know Darren before he hooks you up with some free stuff and starts flowing you some creature? A long time. A yeah. while. Yeah. He was one of the dudes who would talk shit, but he was always really nice, you know? Like, he always, like, liked me, too, you know? Like, I think Grosso, it took a while for him to like me, but, like, Darren always, like, was super, uh, he was a little bit, like, nicer about, uh, about hating me as a child. So, like, he wanted to see me do good, and, like, I got bored from Chuck, who used to be a uh, heavy metal Chuck? Yeah, heavy metal Chuck he used to oh. be a creature rep. So that was like my foot in the door. Mm. He ended up like getting fired or something, and I was like, man, I'm not getting creature boards anymore. So I was like too nervous to hit up Darren. And uh, it's so weird thinking back on this. Like you don't even think about these stories for so long. But I remember pulling up to Combi one day, and I had a black label board. He's like, what are you writing a black label board for? And I'm like, uh, Chuck's gone. Like, I don't know who to talk to. Like, blah, blah. He's like, I'm going to give you boards. Darren started giving me, like, I think he gave me a Sue Graham board. Like, I think I might even still have it, too. Like, <laughs> I might even still have that board that he gave me. It was like a huge, it was like a nine or something because Stu rides a huge board. Oh. And my dad was like, no, you're not, you're not trading that in. Cause he told me to like trade it in. He's like, I'll, I'll buy you the deck, save this one. I swear that like that deck is like at my dad's still all tucked away. Dude, shout out to Stu. I haven't shout even out. seen or heard of him in a minute. I think he's moving back to San Diego actually. Is that, is that real? No way. Yep. That's he's what good. I heard around the grapevine. I hope he's so. Sick. Okay. Maybe we'll start to try to get him a get him on a jujitsu mat or something. <laughs> I mentioned Mike Fraser, who I'm guessing was a pretty huge influence, and obviously the guys at the combi. But what, like, was there like all time favorites? Like, was Christian Hasoy in the cards? Like, who was like the dude for you that like that's the guy? God, it's so hard. I mean, like, like, would you have photos on your wall? No, I never. <laughs> was on my wall but i always had the skate bibles like right there i had thrashers all around the house watch a lot of buck like bucky and much just taken care of actually like old rune like footage and stuff too because like chicago or how mm. i don't know you even say that is that the right way to say that mm, I think video? So. yeah yeah that was like my favorite video growing up i like i remember getting that video when i was like nine so and, good um I love that video so much. I mean, to this day, I still like the soundtrack and like how it's shot. It's like such a rad, cool video, you know? Yeah. And um, like that also opened my eyes up to a little bit more of like everything besides like transition and bird skating. But a lot of Bucky and like Bob Burnquist and even like Lance and stuff, Lance Mountain stuff. Like, I don't know. I never really had like, like one person that, I was just like so inspired. I like wanted a little piece of everybody's like game that they had. Like I wanted like to do like frontside airs like Omar, and I wanted to like you know backside air like Christian. I wanted to do lip tricks like Frazier or like Reverse and stuff. You know, I just I had, was super inspired by Rayborn. Holy crap! I remember that he was only a few years older than me, and like he was so punk. I loved the way he skated. Full just like loved the way he skated, and like he was also huge huge inspo on me yeah ben's amazing it seems like like ben you 
uh, Ronnie Sandoval, just to name a few, kind of were students of the older generation and then took the best of each dude and tried to morph all that into what you were doing. Like a big part of what you do is hit your board and come in quick. Like whether it's like a lean disaster or to truck or or something like that. Like when did that, like, it seems like you do a lot of that and like, it's super sick, like to do a big ass lean and then just come to disaster, but barely even like you're already in before anyone hears the noise. Like that shit is the sickest. It's like, <laughs> when, when do you start like, I guess, practicing that or making it like, oh, I got to do it faster. I got to do it louder. Oh, who's doing it? Like, you know, like I can imagine because we did that on the spine rant. We would be like, yeah, who, who can smack their tail over the loudest and just have these fun games with that shit. Kevin Kowalski was like the first dude like I really saw uh, um, like do a lot of different disaster tricks, like would do them everywhere, do them really quick. So like him like, the reason I do that backside ollie disaster is because of Rayborn. Like, I watched him do it. Like, I think it was, like, his intro to to Slave. Uh, like, he had, like, a little – it was, like, not even two-minute part. And he uh, he did, like, this big old backside ollie disaster, like, on a mini ramp. And I was, like, me and my buddy just, like, tried that for, like, hours. Like, just try to, like, imitate it. And then it, like, started, like – watching like Frazier is pretty good doing disasters really quick. And then like Chris Livingston, like I saw that part as well. Oh yeah. Livingston is like an old part. And, um, he like would do all sorts of crazy fast disasters and stuff. And it just felt rad. Like, I think like, I don't know if there was necessarily like a time where I was like, I need to keep doing it quicker. I think I just started getting to a point where I was like, I'm holding on to this no matter what. Uh-huh. And like would just hit my base plate and I wouldn't die. And I'm like, Oh, I guess like you can do them like that. It just kind of like clicked for me, like holding on, like I think maybe like even chili bowl and like Ronnie was really good at doing them like that too. Like he was really yeah. good at like smacking his disasters, like on the base plate, like literally no board, even like connection and like skating chili bowl, man, I miss that. That contest was so fun. So um, fun. Yeah. So fun. That was such a rad time in skating. Is that kind of how you met almost everyone that you didn't grow up with in your area was like contests. Everyone would get together and you would like, is that how you met Ben? Like Ben's from Texas, right? So it's like, how'd you meet? I met Ben through Josh Peacock because when Josh was doing, uh, oh, okay doing the backyard pool things, Ben would come out a ton. And like uh-huh. back in the day, like that was Josh's MO. Like we would just go and we'd skate pools and we'd film. And mm. like, that's kind of how I started meeting Ben. That's how I met Ben. And then like everybody else, I kind of like, but I also will talk about this with some people who were there at the time is like that little like moment from like, when I was like probably like 12 to like, 15-ish, like, there was, like, the Florida trifecta was, like, happening, and, like, all these, like, weird little events that, like, had the cool, like, seriously, some of the sickest, like, skaters, though, like, Brad McLean and, like, all these dudes who mm-hmm. just absolutely were terrorizers, and I was always, like, my mom was so chill and wasn't one of those pushy moms that would try to be super involved or kind of, she kind of just let me run amok. So like I met a lot of those dudes and I think I kind of like got road miles a little bit earlier than like a lot of kids did. So I 
met a lot of those like old dudes who are older than me that I didn't really know and kind of like became cool and friends with some of those dudes. Okay. What was your first trip like with a company? Would it have been creature or, or vans or with, with a company? It was creature. Like that was our first company trip, but I took like a few trips before that with buddies, like where I was like the super young <laughs> kid. Like I think like, Oh man, I did like this, like, I used to ride for this sunglass company back in the day called Dism. We did this, like, little trip. Man, I was, like, 14, and my mom was, like, told our, my buddy Kano at the time, he was all, like, she was just telling him pretty much, like, don't let him get hammered, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, he could smoke weed, like, just don't let him get hammered. He'd be, like, trying to check me for drinking beers, but, like, he tried as much as he could. Like, I was a little shit, so I was, like, sneaking beers and stuff it was just like pretty funny so it was like that one and then like we did a master's trip i think a year after that i think i was about i might have been 15 i was 15 i think and that one was like all the way up to oregon and that was with a lot of my really good friends down here in san diego that i've been friends with for almost a decade now that was like the real taste of being crazy on the road as like a young kid you know sneaking into bars like doing whatever yeah. Pretty funny. Where did you guys go on your first creature trip? And who was it with? First creature trip was up to Seattle. And I think I might have just gotten my license. I think I just, or maybe it was like within that same year. I may have not even been 16 yet. And uh, wow. <laughs> it was me, Corey Juno, Jimmy Wilkins, Josh Borden, Willis Kimball, Sam Hitz, Al Partnin, uh, Monk was there. Oh, of course, Darren. And that was it. It was like a vert. It was like a vert search trip. We stayed at uh, stayed at Hubbard's vert ramp at the time, and uh, it was really sick. It was it was cool. It was super rad, super good time. Pretty mellow. It was like I think we just did that. I don't know if we if we went to NorCal after too. I can't really remember. I think we just kind of hugged Seattle though and just skated up there, but it was really sick. And like, that was kind of the first like legit trip okay. I did with any company. Yeah. Did you guys camp? No camping hotels. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was pretty, okay. pretty nice. Yeah. Usually when we go up Northwest, it's usually camping in Orcas, you know, like you get a little bit of uh Portland and the hotels, and then you go out into the nature and get the camping. Yeah. So it's the best of both worlds. It's so Holy, sick up there. I love it, man. I mean, I mean, I've done so many trips even before, like I said, just with the family since mm. I was like eight years old. We like that was the first time going up to uh to Orcas as well. We took that whole entire coast up, and it was so rad. And like, man, I I try to do it like every year, you know, at least once or twice. I mean, it's like that drive up the one from here. It's like, it just doesn't even like compare to almost anything in the world. It's like really unbelievable. That's cool. And there's parks like to stop at the whole everywhere. Way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's seriously, nice. it's like so cool, man. I mean that like it, I've done it so many times and it never, ever gets old like ever, you know? Mm. So early on in when you're on creature, are you filming at all for video parts or are you just kind of like skating and not really doing that as much and doing contests or like when's your first part? 
I think, I mean, I was always really active, like filming as a kid. Um, you would be filming like, with Peacock a lot, right? Film with Peacock quite a bit before, like he started kind of not doing the backyard pool thing as much like with, with other people. And then like, I, I met Noah and I kind of was like, just filming with every, like anybody, but like kind of would stick with, you know, people I knew. Mm-hmm. that they had good rapport with. I had like a, a fiend like part that I shot that was all just kind of like backyard pool stuff that went on like strange notes when that was still going. And then like, uh, oh, damn, I swear it was strange. I swear strange notes was still going like, during that <laughs> time. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, because we were, I man, like me and my friends would like be on that shit all the time. We loved it. Were you on Creature for the um, what's it called, the drive-in theater premiere? What I forget, what, that might have been Heslaw, maybe. No, At no, in, in San Diego, was it a drive-in theater? No, I wasn't on. I was not on during Heslaw. Oh, Heslaw, yeah, yeah. I was not. I was not on Heslaw at the time. I think okay. I had like my first like blurps in a video i think were the video after that after that one. and it was okay. like funny there was like some we did like i think like my first intro to like hanging out with everybody was we went to pink motel i got a photo with rhino and i was like super stoked like i had like i think i got like a it was like kind of like a creature ad you know and or it was like a blurb i can't remember it was a full page but it was such a funny, funny night just seeing like, it was like, I was so nervous and like seeing the dynamic between everybody. You could just tell they've all grew up together and stuff. I think and I, was, I like, was there. Like, was that the one where they had a taser? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we went back to the hotel and I was laying on the ground and Noah and Darren and I forget who, maybe Sam were all tasering each other. And I was just curling up like tired. Cause I drove all the way down there that day. Yeah. And uh, I was just, and then I remember Noah came up to me. He's like, Smitty, I'm tasering you. And I was like, dude, come on. I'm just going to bed right now. I, I'm not pl- on the same level as you guys. Not and I was like, no, I was like, <laughs> it was like but they were loving that taser it was so funny i mean that was like i met lee sharon like a few times before that too Uh that was like the first time i got to like kick it and stuff like i think my mom drove me drove me to that and like Mm. it was so funny like or i was like coming down from oregon and like stopped in i think because it was like during the summertime I was so nervous. I remember like being so awkward in front of like <laughs> camera being interviewed and like and like I had to get tased and it was so funny. Yeah. I remember like my truck was falling apart that night and I was like shoving like shrubs in the wheel well so I could like kept skating and stuff. Like wow. it was so like such a such a funny moment being that's like the first time I ever kinda got to hang out with everybody. Did you ever get like a board sports uh, sponsor? Board shorts, I mean, board, board shorts. shorts. Yeah, because you would always skate in board shorts. And I was like, dude. And I was like, fuck, they're on Huntington Beach in a bowl. It's like a surf contest. You could have, Vans hey, could have like. Open. I'm still open to it. If somebody <laughs> wants to offer it. <laughs> it never happened? No, it never happened. I think I was like, I think Vans. I was riding for the apparel too at that time. Like I was just like snagging board shorts. Like I run through so many too now because like 
I don't know, they get ripped in jujitsu and stuff. And like, I, I'm always going through board shorts. So, hey, if anybody wants to hook it up, you know, athletic wear board shorts. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Like most most dudes that are skating like you are skating in knee pads and helmets and stuff. And you're like shirt off and board shorts. It's like, do you slam once in a while and go, fuck, I wish I was wearing pants? Or is it you feel it's the same? Oh, well, I don't like I don't know. I think when I was a little bit younger and like weighed a little bit less. Um, it didn't affect me quite as much. Honestly, falling in board shorts sucks. Yeah. Even just getting your grip tape touching your legs sucks. It sucks, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit more on the wear thick-ass pants now, more or less. Unless it gets really hot out and it's like sun and like we're down at like the beach and like we're like in the ocean all day, then yeah, I'll run it. Like I'll go and be like, yeah, fuck it. Like why even switch out my pants like to skate right but it, it hurts you know like it doesn't feel good <laughs> it's mm. pretty like it's thinner than underwear you know it's, you gotta be on your shit yeah out of everywhere you've been what's like your favorite trip was like brazil or australia or europe or somewhere in the u.s yeah i mean like favorite place probably like is floripa in brazil like, i love going down there and it's Pedro's. been a few years yeah, Pedro's out. I mean, it's just paradise, you know, like so much to skate. Like the vibe is so cool. Like I love Brazil for a lot of reasons, you know, like the culture down there seems like everybody's just really stoked, you know. And if like you're humble, they'll they'll accept you with open arms and like show you the raddest stuff. Um, uh-huh. I think like the raddest trip I probably just went on was like this last summer uh, in Europe and I was out there for like two and a half months and it was so sick. Like just made like a lot of connections to where – you know, going out there now, I feel like it's not as, like, stressful. You don't always have to find a hotel and, like, do a lot of couch surfing and be a lot more resourceful. And just, like, all the dudes, like, all the all the events that lined up, like, in succession. And, like, it was uh, it was just it worked out so perfectly. Like, you never – it rarely ever does work out that good. So I just felt like it was, like, perfect for me to stay out there. I, like, ripped up my ticket. Like, we did a whole – creature trip through portugal and um spain and sweden at first and then like we stayed for copenhagen open then that happened and then like i went to uh gosh i went to like czech after and then went from czech to finland then from finland like back to barcelona it was just it was such a rad like so many countries hopped around so much met so many cool people probably could have like filmed a little bit more but it's like hard when everybody's like so spread out but yeah it was a good good time what about i think i don't know if it was your first time to copenhagen but i think it was the first time that anyone had skated that um bmx thing that's indoors all wooden talk about that session because i remember seeing the footage for the first time and just being like this is insane like i'm so bummed that place is gone dude it looked so sick <laughs> it's so it was it was so cool i don't know yeah like raven was there and maybe grayson and i don't know there was like a, it was heated session in in a gnarly like something that like you don't see every day like it was like all kinds of weird lines and stuff yeah i mean it was like a gladiator pit like straight up <laughs> yeah. it was so gnarly and like it felt like it was a little bit better for like 
regular footers in some ways. Like some of the lines lined up a little bit better, but man, it was it was uh, it was sick, dude. I mean, it was a pretty rad session. Everybody's super sauced up, of course, with Copenhagen Open, and like, oh yeah, it was just super ra- rowdy. But like Grant and Raven, oh yeah, and Grayson and Ronnie, and like everybody was skating super hard. And then, like, it's funny because, like, not just last year, but it might have been two years, three years ago already. Like, they had, they redid it, and it was, like, way more skater-friendly. Oh, okay. And, um, like, the second time we skated it was, like, really, really cool because Mm. it was just so set up, like, so much differently where there was, like, some stuff that was, like, in the way. I remember the first time where, like, you couldn't get, it was so hard to get over the bank ball. But, like, Grant, of course, still did it and everything. And, like, mm. Raven did, too. So, it was set up way better this last time. There was, like, full coping set up and, like, love seats. And, man, it was it was super rad. It was really unique. I'm really sad to, like, hear it got, like, taken away. Because it was a full, like, party venue, too. Like, it was, like, the bowl was, like, right here. And then, like, right over here was a huge, huge venue for, like, DJs and bands. And, like, a huge floor space for for parties and stuff. And, like, yeah. We didn't know it was the last time we were going to skate it. Pretty crazy. Things that things that will never happen ever again, you know? Oh, man. No, you, you never know, actually. Copenhagen's, like, the best, though. Like, every year they put some twist in there that's just like, man, I thought just I, I thought it was retired, but it, it just keeps getting better. Like, it's like, yeah, damn. It's pretty fun, man. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's uh-huh. a good time. I mean, it's just, like, such a migration of, like, skating and, like, out of that city, just Copenhagen in general is such a rad city. It's so bike accessible and so like, I don't know. The energy there during the summer is pretty unmatched. What was the deal when you went pro? Was it like you kind of saw it happening or was it a total surprise? A surprise. My mom like showed. I had no idea my mom was showing up. It was for, it was on King of the Road actually. Oh, which, was which it was in Hawaii? Like, no, it happened here in San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. It was cool, but I was all bummed because I was like, damn it. Like, I wish like we did it like at a bar or something. Like I was all like, but it was still really cool because like, it just kind of got like, (laughs) we did it like in the morning and it kind of got like glazed over the rest of the day. And I was like, fuck, but it was still super sick. Like my mom was crying and shit. I was, I was in tears. What part of King of the Road? Beginning, middle, end, or just? I was towards the end. Yeah. I don't even know, man. I, I watched that show once and I was like, yep, that's enough. I'm like, I got anxiety. <laughs> like, I was like, Jesus, like, oh, it was such a gnarly, gnarly experience. It was, it was hectic. It was, it was insane. What was more hectic, like doing the book and all that stuff or dealing with the cameras and like the, the interviews and all? <sighs> Both, like, because you have to figure out the cameras had to be set up and everything and we have to like put things on hold like the momentum for like being like hyped up to do something would kind of be like lost when it especially if it was like something gross or whatever like Mm. so it was just like it sometimes the cameras played a factor the book was super thick um like the hours of like waking up and like we're skating all day all day, like end of the night, and then waking yeah. up at seven, not eating good, like going straight to Starbucks, like figure it out, like coffee diet, like just it was it was too much, you know. Were you on the one that they went to Hawaii? 
Yeah. Do you remember that one where uh, Gravette had to swim with the sharks? <laughs> <laughs> so he has like a huge fear. I was so excited like to do that. I was like, this is something I've always wanted to do. And he was so bummed. We all love Gravette, but like we also kind of like to see him suffer a little bit. Like it's really funny, you know? Yeah. So I'm just fucking with him. You know, I'm just like saying like I'm going to throw him in, like blah, blah. Like he was actually like, calm like it was it was rad it was insane like i mean there was over a hundred sharks in the water for sure it was a lot i mean like so many sharks and they love the boat so like as soon as the boat stops you just see dorsal fin dorsal fin like pop up and you're like whoa that's pretty weird uh-huh. and like i think i was like the first person in like out of like our crew like to have somebody who's the shark expert the guys who like always take people out going first i went in like right after him and like you swim like probably like two three hundred yards out away from the boat and you just see like literally more sharks you can count just circling the boat like spiraling down and then they come out in like pods to kind of check you out <laughs> no thanks and it's like really cool though it was really cool he was pretty calm like huh. i think he knew he had to be calm or he was putting everybody in jeopardy. I'm surprised they did that. That seemed risky for like, uh, you know, Vice and Thrasher even. Yeah, he was crazy too. It's like, <laughs> I mean, tiger sharks are always out there. And tiger sharks, I mean, you're in a huge group of people. And like, sharks are genuinely like not going to try to mess with you. But mm-hmm. freaky, apparently they told us like, hey, if a tiger shark shows up, like, all these sharks are going to disappear right away, and you know that's, like, when the big shark is coming. So, like, huddle up. And I'm like, I just thought to myself, I'm like, that is such a creepy thing to think about. (laughs) Like, there's, like, so many, like, so many sharks around us, and they just all disappear, and you just know that it's, like, a big-ass shark coming. So, it was pretty funny. It was rad. I think Gravette had the worst time in Hawaii that anybody's ever had. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in history <laughs> i mean it was oh that. my god he got, he got king of the dong tattooed on the back <laughs> of his head and, and for me i was like hey let's like never tell him about this like we're gonna be old men he's gonna like figure this out when we're like fucking 45 or like 50 uh-huh. like that was my plan is to keep it going for like fucking for like 40 year long joke you know yeah. like i was never i was never gonna tell him you know well, then, he would have seen the mag. They had to, they were going to put it in the mag, probably. But you know what's crazy is, like, we showed him a picture of it, like, right after, and he was like, because when you, you know, like, when you, like, read something and you think it's supposed to say something, you kind of just automatically, like, glaze over it. Like, you don't even, like, <laughs> read what it actually says. So we he just thought it said road. He just thought it said road. Like, we put, like, we showed him a picture right after. He's like, oh, sick. Like, he had fucking, like, I swear we did. Like, I swear we show a picture and, like, he didn't notice. And then, like, <laughs> it was, like, we partied all fucking hard, like, for, like, a few days. And then, like, the next day, we're, like, finishing up all the interviews. Like, things are, like, wrapping up. I was, like, we should just never tell him, like, ever. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then Sam's, like, nah, we got to, like, we're going to tell him in the middle of this interview he's doing right now. And like I remember Sam like shows him the photo and he like looks at it, he's like, Oh like yeah, of course. And then he like reads it and he's like, 
mother like just loses his mind like i'm just like and i'm crying of laughter and it's like <laughs> making him even more mad he gets so mad whenever like somebody's just laughing at his expense so oh fuck, i dude. mean it was it was such a funny funny crazy nightmare rad scary experience what was that uh, that King was like road. biggest prank on your own teammate or something and you guys did a tattoo of a his face on the back of his head and instead of king of the i think we already got it with biggest prank though we made him put the fucking funnel up his butt like oh that yeah. was already at washington street right yeah we got oh the prank because... <laughs> what was the tattoo did, did, it wasn't even i think the, the tattoo book? was just like just to do it like oh, <laughs> Uh, if he ever goes bald in the back of his head king of the yeah he's he's mad he's mad about that to this day like i I love bringing it up whenever we hang out like (laughs) he's not like mad mad but you can tell like it irks him a little bit you know but i love him love him so much he's a glutton for for torture if you're in full party mode What's sketchier, you in Tijuana with Grayson or you in Brazil with Pedro and the crew? What's sketchier? Yeah. I think Tijuana is just sketchier automatically, but... Tijuana. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, I haven't done too many TJ missions. Like, being in Brazil's... I mean, it's like, it's all kind of how you hold yourself together, you know? Like, I feel like if you're with, like, a good crew and, like, everybody knows how to handle themselves, like... I don't think it could get that sketchy, you know, mm. it could get wild, but like everybody's <laughs> going to keep their, like, keep a, a level ish head, you know, right now I'm like on a five month. I'm actually, it's like pretty much close to six. No, no alcohol right now. Let's take a little break. So, Oh wow. It's yeah. It's Good pretty for nice. You. Yeah, dude. Doing some different stuff. I got like seven years right now. There you go. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I'm never going back. Once I stopped having hangovers, I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, I I kind of enjoy it. Like, for right now, like, it wasn't really anything that, like, made me want to do it. It was just kind of like it felt right. My intuition told me, hey, like, let's take a little break from boozing. Let's, especially with this, like, eye injury and stuff, too. Like, that happened, like, a few months into, into my, I think, probably four months into my alcohol sobriety so it just feels good i'm just doing other things that kind of like i'm stoked on and booze doesn't really have any room right now in progressing in those things including skating you gotta want it basically you know what i mean yeah let's talk about that uh fucking gnarly it just came out on the website swamp fest yeah dude to to anyone who hasn't seen it describe what what the hell that is Man, it's like redneck lawless mayhem in Florida. Just everybody bringing out their motor motorized Frankenstein vehicles. Like, is it kind of like Skatopia influenced or something? It kind of feels like that vibe. A little bit. It's definitely. I've I've never been to Skatopia, so I can't really speak. But it seems like it's like way more kind hearted okay. <laughs> from what I from what I know. Okay. Um, I mean, everybody's just there kind of doing gnarly shit. I mean, it's like, and it's gnarly. Like, everything built there is built super, besides maybe some of, like, the rails that are welded together. Like, but it's just so, it's just, 
so it's insane. Just piece together, throwing, right? <laughs> everybody's throwing their carcass around. Yeah, you know. Um, surprisingly, like all the crazy shit I did on my own accord, like uh, you know, it wasn't even my fault how I got hurt. You know, somebody threw a threw a mortar, and part of that mortar exploded in my eye. Because there's just fireworks being thrown everywhere, you know, like mm-hmm. like a part of a dude's leg got blown off, like part of his calf. I mean, not part of his leg, but like he had a chunk of flesh missing from his calf where you could see his tendons and everything. Apparently, whoa, people are getting knocked out left and right. Uh, fights are happening. Not as many fights. I didn't really see too many, but like, and there's so people are so boozed out, and also like I think it attracts like. Like everybody who's riding is like pretty, pretty on point. I mean, what we do is reckless. I think it attracts like maybe some like attention seeker people. And like that's, those are the people who usually get hurt. Those are the people who are like, Hey, look at me. It probably shouldn't be like fucking around on like some of the obstacles or like trying yeah. to do some stunt that like has to like, get some like camera time or like, you know, and then they end up getting hurt. So. It's fun. It it was so fun though. I mean, it was so rad. Like it was so cool to be able to like work with like Trey Jones and like with all like the, those BMXers. They're the coolest dudes ever. Being able to like ride with those dudes, let that have them give us like total freedom to like set up whatever too, and like kind of build whatever, like have ideas and like let us like kind of like spitball stuff and yeah, us letting like kind of just run amok, which was really rad. So, so it's a did- cool event. Uh huh. You did the whole thing sober. Yeah. Completely so like, sober. Cause you were doing like you were trying, I don't know if you've experienced this in the past before, but it looked like you were learning like BMX and shit in the beginning. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I was getting, sur- I, I can never, you, you were getting BMX surfed kind of, right? <laughs> I was just like, I was just looking at it, especially since I'm sober. Like I feel like I'm more risky and taking like and wanting to try new things and stuff really okay yeah i, I would think like, it would be the liquid courage like who, are you the one that dove off the top of the the cap yeah i be, like stuff like that's thing. like oh yeah 12 pack for sure <laughs> like you know no yeah i don't know it's like i look back on it even as like a little kid like before i drank alcohol as a kid i was insane like i did shit like that all the time and like that was just like what i love to do and like i mm. feel like maybe even taking out alcohol out of the equation of like my my life is like kind of made me a little bit more fearless weirdly to say it's made me a little bit more like eccentric in the fact of like wanting to try new things you know less egocentric and like kind of just like willing to suck at things and eat shit and like be i don't know like even on my skateboard like just learning curves in general it's but yeah no not once of alcohol there at all yeah so did you miss the last day yeah no i was i was done i i mean i got rushed to trauma like right away i took that firework in the eye and it like dropped me to my knees and like when you break something or like something really bad happens to you you get that pit in your stomach and you get nauseous and you get all this adrenaline and that's exactly what happened and like i opened my eye and it was black i'm like my eyes gone or my retina's detached or like something like this is like i'm I need to go. And the medical dude came over and like four or five people all gassed. And they're like, you need to go to the hospital now. That was it. And I pretty much went emergency room. They rushed me to trauma unit, Orlando. It's swamped. It's a nightmare. And, um, 
it just it took him hours to like get a specialist. You know, spend the whole night in there, and like pretty much had to discharge myself in the morning because I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna miss my flight." Rip the IV out. Pretty much call him Sayonara and no, like shit. fucking <laughs> walk out of the hospital. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and that place is so big. It was such a I couldn't even believe I found my way out of the hospital, and then like luckily enough, like I got picked up. Went to the airport, which is also just as obnoxiously big as the hospital there in Orlando, and got mm. wheeled through the whole airport. Went pretty much took a day, went straight to the specialist. Like first dude looked at me, he's like, "Be ready to like not have an eye anymore." Pretty much, like my vision was starting to like starting to be able to see like light a little bit. Then I started being able to see like some figures, but like at first it was like they were like holding like their hands right here. So like how many fingers he's holding up? I'm like, I cannot see oh, man. anything. Whoa. So it was I mean, dude, this this uh this injury has been uh so stressful. I mean, it's been so such a roller coaster and like me being so addicted to jujitsu and stuff too, like I started training like almost right away again. My fucking eyes falling shut, my face all swollen. Are you out of your like, mind? Just grilling, really light stuff. And then, like, about like a month and a half into it, I got poked in the eye all bad. Oh. In the same eye. Oh. And it, like, added on all these, like, Fuck. other other problems. Like, that's why I'm getting extra surgery and I have glaucoma in my eye. Like, two, like, one step forward, three steps back, you know? Oh, so dude. Now I'm, like, being really, really cautious. I have this first surgery coming up on the first that's pretty much life is taking a little bit of a halt. It's funny. I'm not mad about it right now. You know, Holy shit. Can you see out of it or no? Yeah. Like I can see. Is it fuzzy? It's super fuzzy. I can barely see you on the screen. Like oh. my, my vision, like I have, I did have 2015 in both my eyes. <laughs> and now, now I have like 2015 and 2060 or oh, something. Fuck dude. So uh, we'll see what how much vision I get back with my lens. Uh, they're putting in a new lens. And maybe on this first surgery, if they can, there might be too much damage. I have to, might have to wait like for the second surgery. Oh, man. Public service announcement. If you're getting into fireworks, bring some goggles. Public service announcement. Bring goggles or just, you know, don't even mess with them. So honestly, like I've completely turned off from them now. <laughs> I bet. It's like, it's such a lame way to get hurt, you know? And like, I do so many things that can get me hurt. So I'm going to choose the ladder. And yeah, dude, it's crazy. Cause I just was talking to Kevin Romar last week about injuries and his gnarliest injury. He broke his jaw. He had to get a plate in there. It was from fucking around doing miniature golf. What? And it's like, dude, I, I was saying the same thing you're saying. It's like, you guys skate so gnarly, try all this gnarly shit, and then you get hurt fucking around doing some dumb shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's crazy. How the hell did that happen? He was playing and he won, and then he like jumped off some stairs and it was raining or something, and he slid out and his face fucking hit the, f oh. the something like, yeah, and he broke his teeth, went through his like lip and shit. Oof. Yeah, gnarly. Not fun. Um, so you didn't see the in the flat bar stuff? Or are you gone before that at the Swamp Fest? Uh, which like, flat bar? 
I don't know. There's like some guy tries to drive a tractor across it. Oh, I was there for that. Yeah, that <laughs> that was straight hilarious. The dude, the little malnourished redneck, like getting on the tractor, <laughs> like this malnourished, like little teen on a on a tractor. He's I, like super serious about like I had nobody else thought it was as funny as I was crying a laugh. Oh, I thought dude. it was so funny. I hope Gregson makes a edit of just the fucking wipeouts. Like it would be insane. Yeah. Now, he but, has gold for sure. It's so nuts. What's the most scared you've ever been on a skateboard? I feel like I always dock in my quota for uh for scaring myself on a board every year. Let me think. Is going to the hospital after the Swamp Fest one of the most scared you've been off the skateboard? <laughs> That's probably the scare, the most scared I've ever been. You know, like yeah. And I always took it pretty well too. I was like, all right, like let's look at like some cool prosthetics, like you know. Uh-huh. Um, man, I don't know. Um, but like on a skateboard, I, I'm talking about more like you tried some huge fucking. You know, I know you've been skating street. Like, is a handrail scary? Is like some gap you did? Like, handrails are always scary. I think, like, I I don't know if I'll ever not get scared of skating handrails, uh, <laughs> but they feel awesome. I mean, it's the coolest feeling ever. Um, I mean, it's like bombing a hill on a piece of like coping, you know? So it, it's, it's cool. <sighs> Man, I'm trying to think back of like things that I was like super scared. Uh huh frontside like i was trying to do frontside ember revert in the clamshell a few years ago that was pretty scary i think i have to go back for that because i'm gonna like drop the flat probably if i oh, do man. that one in at washington street remember that uh sessions at abyss flying to like i think frontside invert off like offsetting right like yeah, a long yeah. time ago that was yeah. insane i remember we were just like what the hell <laughs> That was that was sick. Yeah, that was really fun. I feel like sometimes, like I get so I have so much like adrenaline though, and especially if you're with the right people. Even though if you're so scared, like you're just able to like kind of see past that. Like you can kind of manipulate it into like it juicing you up. You know. Uh huh. Speaking of the jujitsu, who wins between you and Riley? Riley, Hawk. Oh, I beat him. I think we have way different styles like when it comes to jiu-jitsu like i'm really wrestle wrestle heavy pressure forward and like i do a Uh lot of like i i think also i've been doing a little bit longer than him even though we're Mm. the same rank let me go back on that i feel like he's such an asshole how i just (laughs) responded that was lame as fuck riley's really good like don't get me wrong (laughs) but also i don't think i don't know if riley's been training as much lately i've who are know. some of I the haven't... skaters that are like super like Archer's doing it? Who else is doing Archer's it? Archer's doing it. Not a lot. Like me, Riley, Archer. Uh you ever see Dave Sipniewski? You know who he is? Dave also Dave's a brown belt, I believe, but he trains. I don't know where he trains. I think he uh-huh. trains out of Gracie Baja. He's been doing it for a for a while. I don't know. Also, I think a lot of people quit. Like, I mean, most people quit. Something like 85% of people don't make it past white belt, you know? Like, it's, you're it's really taking hard. a beating. Uh, yeah. And your knees get popped and stuff. And like, people really don't want to get like their legs ripped apart. And like, <laughs> they're just like, I'm like, it's funny because like, 
I feel like jujitsu is the one thing like I'm really down to get hurt from. Like I don't really care to break anything in jujitsu. Like mm. for the most part, like doing competitions gnarly. Um, like dude, like broke his neck last competition I did, and like Whoa. you know, it was like I'm pretty sure he broke his. Neck. I mean, the dude had to be he was paralyzed. He couldn't. It was rather he broke his neck or he had such a bad head injury that he he couldn't move his body, but. Um, it's gnarly, man. You know, it's super, it's savage, you know, it's not like for the, for the faint of heart. I think like everybody can do it, but it's like, how much do you like want to do it? Like, I feel like even in my crossroads, I've like gotten to these points where like, I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this still? And then like, what's the answer? (laughs) It's just so like good for me. I don't know. It's so like good. It's made my skating better. Like it's made me better as a person. It's like completely like it's. I wouldn't say eradicated my ego, but like you really just, you just like are constantly scrapping all the time, and like constantly getting humbled and constantly learning things. And like it's the community that's so cool behind it. Like it's one of those things. It's like skateboarding where you go and you travel to this other state and you find a jujitsu gym and you're almost like welcome with open arms right away, you know? So, um, it's just like a really rad way to connect and there's no, like, no fakeness. Like can't really fake the funk on the mats. Like we're, uh, we're beating uh, each other up. You can't you know? just like, wear the gear, bro. Yeah. You know, like even in skating, like there's a lot of two facedness. There's a lot of fake love jujitsu. There's none of that. Like, I just, I really love that. And it kind of gives you, like, it gives you armor walking out into the world. Like, gives you a lot of confidence. Makes you really want to, like, not fight people because you know what you can do to them. And then less than 1% of the world grapples. When you deal with somebody who grabs onto you, who does jujitsu or is even, like, a proficient, I mean, an efficient uh, wrestler, you know, it's something that most people have never experienced and don't Mm. understand actually how like controlling and how painful it can be you know i think in a lot of ways it's just like done so much good in my life it's inspired me in so many different avenues it's made me not want to drink as much it's made me want to like get stronger because of it which also helps my skating like it's just it all around has given me a lot of light that i feel like i was missing in my life you know did sobriety bring you to jujitsu or did jujitsu bring you to sobriety? I think jujitsu has helped with sobriety. Like, uh-huh. I think that's something that, like, I did like seven and a half months a few years ago and it was great. And then, like, I came back and I had fun and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's always like I started rolling about three, almost three years now religiously you know i go a lot even even when i've been hurt and i can't i can't like spar right now i'll still go to class to watch it's like brought a lot of discipline and it like feels so lame to get your ass kicked in class like over and over and over again that you'll do anything (laughs) to like anything in your life like if you really care about it you'll start to tweak it and you'll start to tweak your life around being like, well, I can't smoke a pack of cigs if I want to have cardio and jujitsu, or I can't come come here and like. You have to be really real with yourself, you know, because you're responsible at the end of the day for tapping 
then you're responsible at the end of the day for maintaining your body, you know, and like accidents happen. Everybody gets hurt in jiu-jitsu. Shit happens. But like, like you're responsible for maintaining your body as well as you can. So it doesn't get hurt because what, because it's like probably going to be bent in a very wrong way that it shouldn't be bent, you know? And it's a lot like skating. Sorry, I'm like going on about this, but it's a lot like skating in a way where like you kind of develop your own game, your own tricks. And it's like, it's very like, it's just like, it's very methodical. I don't know. Huh. It's very, it's really cool. It's like learning another language kind of. Is the first day way gnarlier than any other day or is it the first week or first month? Like what's the period that you would estimate that like as a beginner, a lot of people drop out, but if you make it past this, you're kind of over at least a small yeah. hump to a little bit of like you can figure it out. I think it's your obsession with it. That's oh. where like the line really kind of comes because you're, there's a lot of resources now. There's so many instructionals online where you can learn from the best people. San Diego being like one of the most like well-known cities in the world for grappling. I mean, we have so many world champion grapplers down here and fighters. I think the obsession is like what gets you over that craziest hurdle because everybody progresses at like a different level from the dawn of time. We've been wrestling each other and, you know, trying to choke each other out, you know? So it's like, it's such a crazy thing to think about. Um, yeah, I was talking to um, Archer about it, and he was like, basically, you just get the shit kicked out of you in the beginning. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's different. I think no matter what, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you. Somebody in the gym is going to give you a huge slice of humble pie. Interesting. Yeah, it's really uh, not my world. So I'm always kind of curious to like hear like, because I, I do feel that it definitely seems to have like an addictive personality for the people. Like, like you said, like you're going there all the time, even when you're hurt, like it's like this obsessive thing. And it's interesting, like Riley seemed like when I was talking to him, same thing where it's like, just really want to get in there every morning and do this thing. And maybe it's for people that have so much inner energy and they're trying to get some of it out of them to like, kind of just calm a little bit too. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I mean, I'm a maniac. Like I literally can't <laughs> sit still. Yeah. I can't, so I can't even do as much jujitsu, but I've been like doing some rock climbing and like a ton of calisthenics the last like few weeks because I can't lift super heavy right now either. Um, with, without thinking too hard, cause I know you've seen tons of shit, but what's one of the best things you've ever been there to see on a skateboard? Like somebody did something and you were there to see it. Let's think Robert Pace pretty much blew my mind on this last like creature mission last summer before a rip ride rally. I mean, he just did so many, so many rails. I mean, it's so hard when you skate for so long to like, say like one thing. Yeah. Like, him, Kevin Beckel, like, I watched him do this rail, like, years ago up in Oregon. It was so gnarly, and he, like, literally broke his foot, like, the time before he, he did it. And that was one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen. He charges. Oh, he's so gnarly. What else? Man, Trey Wood did a nose blunt slide. Like, I probably the gnarliest nose blunt, padless nose blunt slide I've ever seen in my life. Three years ago, two years ago at a mammoth park and he went from low to high on the light 
like onto the cinder block wall and he like nose blood slided the entire thing almost like <laughs> and that thing is so big it's like a 14 foot flat wall with like full coping that was probably honestly like one of the most impressive things i have ever seen he's going pretty I mean, fast too every time i skate with tom Shar, like or oh. I skate with Alex Pearlson, or I skate with Jimmy, like, my mind is, like, melted. Yeah. I'm so blessed to be able to, like, skate with those dudes, and, like, yeah. they, like, I'm able to kind of squeeze it on some of their vert sessions sometimes, because it's, like, it's so, it's so cool to watch. Is anyone better than Jimmy Wilkins on a vert ramp? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. If, like, so. one day I could do, like, a quarter of his warm-up run he does, like, if I I'll could be, just I'll do his happy. backside ollie, I would be, I'd retire. I'd be like, I'd just do that all day. He just flies like so, oh man. I yeah, love it's, watching it's Jimmy unbelievable. skate. unbelievable. He's a what, pleasure to watch skate. What happened with him? Why is he no longer with the Creech? Oh man, that bums me out so much. You know, like I feel like Creech really dropped the ball on making him feel like part of the team you know mm-hmm. you know i don't want to like poke too jab too much but like what the fuck we couldn't keep like one of the best vert skaters and like the best vert skater in the world on a team because uh. he felt like he wasn't like you know i'm sure i'm sure he got like a pretty awesome deal riding for for real correct it's real he rides for real now yeah. right mm-hmm but I think at the end of the day, like, he didn't get put on enough trips. And I'm like, why aren't we putting this dude on every trip? It's a huge debate. Like, I could go and go into it. Yeah, it just it sucks. Like, I, I wish he was on the team still. And I think people over on the, the side of the corporate side really dropped the fucking ball on that one. And, mm-hmm. like, hard. Because we should, we should have had that dude. That dude should have been feeling like fam. Is Alicia still getting boards? No. She's not there no more, too? I don't think so, either. Huh. And Corey, too, right? Yeah, Corey started riding for Flit, but I think that was kind of on his own accord, you know? Like, I think he felt... It seems like he's in a better headspace because he has his, like, own nest egg now. Like, he kind of can thrive over there, you know? I just saw him at Phoenix Am, and he was in the Phoenix Am contest. I was like, I thought... For some reason, I thought he was pro. Yeah, probably because he never had a board for us. He's one of the best. He's super. He's super good, man. Got a mean frontside flip. Well, what's uh, what's the deal? What sparked? I know you've kind of like in past interviews, you've even said like you're pretty scared of handrails and shit. But then there was an edit. Maybe it was the Rip Ride Rally, and you're jumping down stairs and maybe fifty to handrail or board slit or something. I'm like, what's going on? And then Rhino's like, dude. Russell's been hitting the streets. I'm like, wait, street muscle? Tell me about pretty, this. Pretty, pretty good kinker on that trip. Like, I, uh, it was just a, it was like a big three flat ten or something. And then, yeah. like, I did a, did I did a like a line? Me and Winky skated this, uh, these white rails in North Carolina and stuff too. I just been trying to skate more street, man. I'm just like trying to skate, be a more well-rounded skater, you know just skate like that's pretty much it like just be more connected on my board i just feel like that's a good way to like do it and like i like the feeling of skating rails is so awesome it's fucking terrifying but it's wow very rewarding are you a stair counter 
do you have like okay i can do 10 but i ain't doing 11 or something like that like, no no not really it's kind of like feeling you know you just look I mean, at it I've, yeah i haven't i haven't skated that many things out in the field though like i mostly will skate rails at parks and stuff like okay i don't have like a huge bag of tricks down rails either i just kind of you know what I have you got pretty decently five oh I get front five oh and back five oh pretty good down down rails, which is weird. Like that's probably the more comfy tricks I got. Like fifteen and Smith grinds and lip slides are pretty alright, you know, and like I don't know, I'm so fresh and I need so much work in that aspect of just like keep doing it, you know? So <laughs> it's just a it's a full it's a full work in progress. Do you think that jujitsu has done anything to influence that like i think so i think i think jujitsu is so fucking hard that it's like okay if i can like learn this completely new thing and like <laughs> be pretty be pretty dangerous at it and like be like be decent at it you know like i think right. i can i think i can probably skate a handrail you know like right. i already know how to skate so just a little bit of like repetition goes a long way hmm well, what, besides your eye surgery and stuff, what do you, is there anything you're working towards this year as far as goals or any, like trying to make a video or doing any interviews or anything like shooting yeah. photos for the mag or going on any trips? Man, I, I really like, I had some, I know Burnett wanted to get me involved in like some stuff this year. It wasn't like for sure. <laughs> um, like I knew there was like some there was gonna be a thrasher vacation somewhere and like oh, yeah. back I think some that's other, Canada. Yeah, some other events. So, you know, maybe like if I maybe if my my eyes heal, but I think by the time July rolls around with my second surgery, I need two weeks for Oh, you have to have two for resting. I have to have two, maybe even three. So Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this whole year seems like it's hopefully it's not too washed out. We'll see. Um, I'm not really stressing on it. I'm sitting on some footage right now. This year, I was like planning on putting out multiple parts, like trying to do like two, maybe three, four would be very ambitious. But like, who knows? Like, I was sitting on a good amount of footage and I filmed a good amount coming into this year and then this kind of like completely pumped the brakes on everything. You know, yeah. I had like a whole plan drawn out of where I wanted to go and film and where I wanted to go and take trips to. And like, it's pretty much put the kibosh like on a majority of those things, like no Copenhagen this year, who knows about any of these other events coming up too. I don't know. I might, I'm going to hold on to this footage. Probably. I don't want to put out no half-ass part. I'm like working on an OJ thing and just kind of collecting photos and seeing like, you know, maybe, maybe an interview happens, maybe not. Like, honestly, like next year, few years, I'm going to skate as hard as I can and put out as much stuff as I can. And it's like, if people want to use it, they want to use it. And if not, then whatever, I'm just going to kind of do it for myself, but like have goals in mind and just kind of try to push myself a little bit, but stay active and try to stay humble that's yeah. it yeah I, I hear foy is about to be a father yep Damn. i'm really stoked for him it's Rad. so cool that's cool yeah dude everybody's having kids it's crazy man getting <laughs> older and stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah well we always end the thing with uh you could 
throw on whatever song you want to fucking take it out of here. Let me think of a good song to end this one with. Let's do Feeling All Right by uh, Joe Cocker. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's <laughs> apropos, huh? I think so. Good. Well, good catching up, man. I haven't seen you in a minute. And seriously, good luck with all the surgeries and stuff. And <sighs> I think I you're mentally it. in the right place. So I think, you know, when you're ready, you'll, you have the ability to bounce back. It's in the determination and all that. So I wouldn't even be worried about that. I'd just be worried more about the process of getting to that point for you. Yeah, dude. I think just, uh, I think it's weird. Like, injuries happen they kind of make or break you sometimes and i feel like with this one and just as you get older through years you're able to process that stuff so much better you know i think yeah. it's kind of just like growing and getting older and like you know when things are out of your control just kind of see where you can put that like energy into other places so you don't lose your mind yeah Ab- absolutely well, yeah, cool. thanks thanks for taking the time man i'm glad we got to catch up i really appreciate it yeah it was awesome man i'm super stoked uh, got your first your... podcast done Woo! in there dude we're in there more to come hell yeah well take care and uh, hopefully i'll talk to you or see you in real life soon thank you man appreciate right. it dude cheers dude peace out seems i've got you have
Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.